0: They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League.
1: They combine for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Welcome in episode 99 of Train and Growth B-Train Bertram Berry, Mike Gross, Sean Crespin. Thanks for hanging out with us. B-Train, good to see you. How you doing?
2: I'm good, brother. How you doing, man? I feel like I'm a little greasy on the face, but you know, I, I feel pretty good. You know, I mean, uh, I've been running like a chick with my head cut off all day, but uh, man, I'm here and, and I'm ready to get this thing going. 99, man. Can you believe right. that? One away from uh, the big number. I huh? know, right?
1: I know. Fresh out of the gym, B train, ready to go. All right. This one is going to be difficult. Last week, you know, number ninety eight, we kind of struggled, just no offense to any of the guys that wore ninety eight. It just wasn't a big number. Number ninety nine, we got five guys. Three of them already in the Hall of Fame. Two of them will be in the Hall of Fame when they're eligible. The Hall of Famers okay. were in number ninety nine. Jason Jason Taylor. Okay. Warren Sapp. yep Dan Hampton. Okay. And then the future Hall of Famers on the list, Aaron Donald and J.J. Watt. Mm.
2: That's a list. Man, that is a list. And shake it twice because a lot of them were naughty and not nice. Right?
1: Yeah. That's, that, that, to me, that was, uh, like I said, last week. I know, I heard him. <laughs> I heard him. <laughs> But it's a good list. Ninety, ninety. Wasn't there a song? And I'm the oldest guy in this podcast. There was a song by like back in the day called Ninety Nine. There's well, hand- you know Jay Z gonna...
0: yeah. There's a handful of them. Ninety Nine yeah. Balloons, but Jay Z's Ninety Nine Problems no, is no, the one no. that comes to mind.
1: Hmm. Goop. Well, I'm gonna Google it. I think there was a song by Toto that I'm thinking about called Ninety Nine. It's 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 not good. It's an '80s song. Anyways, uh, lots to get to in this edition of Train and Gross. We got to start, B-Train. Sean and I were talking as we were getting dialed in, ready to do the podcast. Phoenix Suns fans, Phoenix sports fans, I guess, in general, we can't have nice things. We can't have nice things. Kevin Durant getting ready to play his first game at the arena in downtown Phoenix by himself, warming up, getting loose, ready to go twist his ankle. I saw the video, I told Sean, I saw the video, and I thought for sure it was a prank. I thought somebody was out there messing with Suns, but it it was legitimate. Twisted the ankle. He's out at least two weeks, going to be reevaluated, could be out as many as four weeks, which could take him right up to the end of the regular season. Kevin Durant down for the count with the Phoenix Suns last night, did not get to play in his first game at the arena downtown Phoenix.
2: Mike, you know, that had to be such a disappointment for all the fans that showed up. And, and I'm sure the people that were there early watching them warm up, they could not believe what they saw. And you saw the first three games with Kevin Durant in the lineup. I think the most important thing to take away from that was it really unlocked Devin Booker. Devin Booker really became yeah. Devin Booker, the, the version that we've all waited for him to be and he's starting to become. And for for Kevin Durant to to go out like that, not even in a game, but in warmups, you know, one, whoever was in charge of keeping the floor dry, uh, they're out of a job that that's first and foremost, but two, you, you look at the opportunities to come together for this team. They were going to have about 30 games, give or take to really get their footing, get their legs underneath them and and really make a push to uh, make uh, an appearance in the NBA finals. And, and, you just feel bad for Kevin Durant, a guy that wherever he's gone, controversy has seemed to follow, but he just seems like a guy that just wants to play basketball. He he doesn't want to be a drama queen. He doesn't want to be a guy that that has attention on him other than the basketball aspect of his life. And whether it was Brooklyn and Kyrie in that situation, whether it was Golden State in that situation, how that – War how he wore out welcome there. I'll never understand, but it just seems like every time he takes a step forward, is always a step back. And I know for Phoenix, a lot of Phoenix Suns fans, they're they're really disappointed right now.
1: No, a- absolutely. You could you could just tell. And you know, I was driving around on the way to work today, to listening to sports talk radio locally, and and you know, it just you know, jinx, the word jinx came up, uh, snake bit, whatever you want to call it. Um, for for Phoenix Sports in general and the Suns specifically here. The other thing, too, and I, I mentioned this to Sean before we started recording, um, you know, the, the narrative around different players, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's fair or not around their, their, you know, I was talking about uh, Anthony Davis and Sean actually mentioned this. I think, you know, this summer when we first discussed the possibility of Kevin Durant coming to Arizona was mm-hmm. – The concern you have is whether or not he can stay healthy. And Mm -hmm. there's a gentleman out here. I'm going to give him credit, at BMore on Twitter. And he wrote this uh, after the injury last night. Anthony Davis, since 2019, has played in 179 games. Kevin Durant, since 2019, has played in 132 games. And Kawhi Leonard, since 2019, has played in 148 games. Yet the one that gets pointed out and gets a lot of criticism for the inability to stay healthy on that list is Anthony Davis. You know, and obviously he's played in a lot more games than than both Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, the narrative is interesting how it kind of follows certain players around or doesn't necessarily land with certain players.
2: Yeah, that's a little skewed, though, because remember when he first got to Brooklyn, he had that Achilles, so he missed the entire season. The thing about Anthony Davis is he's not missed an entire season, but he misses a big chunk of every season. He may not have the the number of games, but with Kevin Durant, he missed significant time because he had a significant injury. With Anthony Davis, it's little things: it's a knee, it's an ankle, it's a nose, it's a shoulder, it's it's this, it's that. It's like there's always something. With Kevin Durant, he missed he missed a big chunk of time because he was his his Achilles was severed. You know what I mean? Like that, that wasn't, you know, him being injury prone. I mean, he was really injured. So uh, you know, the, the, the few times that he's missed uh, games this year in the last couple of years, uh, I mean, it, it isn't as if he's never been reliable and he's never been a guy that you can, that you can't uh, depend on with Anthony Davis. He had the one year when they were in the bubble with the Lakers. But other than that, it seems as if it's not a matter of if, but when he's going to get injured. And I think for him, he just seems to be a little more brittle than a Kevin Durant. But with Kevin Durant, he's had, he sustained, unfortunately, some real serious injuries that forced him to miss a substantial amount of time.
1: No, and that's fair. And, and you know, set the record, right? as you said, uh, Kevin Durant missed, excuse me, the entire 2019-2020 season with the Achilles injury. Uh, and then the following year was the bubble season. Uh, and then after that, uh, the full year in Brooklyn, he played four, 55 games. Uh, and then this year, he's played a total of 42, three here in Phoenix, and of course, the 39 before he was traded. And, you know, look, you know, people expect whether it's Kevin Durant wherever he is or Anthony Davis with the Lakers. I mean, there were high expectations when Anthony Davis. Came over to the Lakers when they added him to the mix, and certainly that franchise, save the bubble year, has not delivered, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, this is the franchise with high expectations, but it's just interesting when you look at the numbers, right? Um, and and look at again the ability, whether you are Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis, to stay on the court, and and you know, selfishly, Suns fans, I mean, you look at and just get it right and and get him back to the postseason. I mean. Um, you know, I think that that's the hope. Maybe you get a game two, three, whatever it is in, in you know, early to mid-April to, to get back into whatever they were working on here. Uh, and it, to your point, you you made the three games he's played. Man, you had to be. Ex- that's so exciting just to see what he could do. And, and the way and, and the game you circle out of that list was you, know, you go into Dallas and, and everything that's turning into, you know, I know. I don't know if it's a rivalry or not, but it's it's turned into some fun basketball games when these teams get together. It was, it was so nice to see how all that played out, and, and I think you just projected it out over the rest of the season.
2: No doubt, Mike, and I think, you know, last year's playoff series definitely sparked a rivalry with this, and I think even more importantly, the two superstars plain don't like each other. Devin Booker and Luka Doncic yep. don't like each other, and, and that's been something that, people can can look towards and look forward to when they go at it. Uh, those guys really don't like each other. And, and, you know, a lot of times you see in, 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 in the NBA, there's a lot of guys that are, that are buddies. You know, they're, they're going at each other on the court, but ultimately you know that it's all love when it's all said and done. Those two guys, I don't think they share any kind of space other than the basketball court. And I think they would prefer it to be that way on a permanent basis. So, uh, you know, I, am all for it. Anytime you have real angst, real dislike, uh, it shows. And I think for these two uh, being is that they're in the same conference, they're going to be going at each other for a lot of years to come. And and maybe as they get older, their, their stances will soften and, you know, they'll learn to respect one another. But right now there is nothing to that effect that there is true dislike for each per each other. And, and, uh, I don't I'm necessarily see anything wrong with it.
1: No. I, I love it. I, I think it's great. Hey, uh, looking at the west, rest of the NBA, starting the Western Conference, and uh, a story that, look, I'm not a fan of the Grizzlies, but I, I, I like what they were doing, and this whole Ja Morant thing has, it, uh, it's just, you know, it's got the possibility of derailing, and I don't want to make light of the situation. I really don't, but, you know, this was a nice story going on in Memphis. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the suspension and the uncertainty, I think. It's not like, hey, the league came down and said, you're suspended for this many games. They started where he's going to be away from the team for a couple games. It's turned into four to six games. And, you know, this is a team that's in the second spot in the Western Conference. And, again, it's got the, the possibility to really derail a nice story, a, nice, a good story for the NBA where you got a franchise that's been downtrodden for a while and it's on the rise. Um, just, just a, just a challenging story right now.
2: You know, Mike, the, the, the Memphis Grizzlies are one of the more intriguing teams in the NBA. It's a team that, that, that talks a lot and, and hasn't really had the success to, to back up the talking. Uh, we've seen in recent Mm -hmm. days, Dylan Brooks went at Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks, if you recall, when they played the Lakers got into it with Shannon Sharp. Uh, he, he seems mm-hmm. like that fake tough guy, the guy that, you know, has a lot to say, but, you know, he's got that hold me back, hold me back, you know, type of mentality. I mean, uh, he hasn't played well. And I think the injuries are going to be more of a deterrent for the Memphis Grizzlies because they're without Steven Adams. He's he's the real muscle on that team. And, and a guy that uh, he, he's going to be out another four weeks. They say he had to get an injection into his knee and he's going to miss another four weeks. And so, you know, even with John Moran in this situation, thankfully for him, uh, Colorado, you know, Department, you know, Justice Department said that they weren't going to press charges, but he's going to miss an additional four games. So that's good news. That's something that that he can learn from without having to pay a a huge price, uh, you know, as far as his uh, freedom and all that kind of good stuff. But I think for him, he really needs to do some soul searching and really figure out why he's doing some of the things that he does, Mike, because as an athlete, here's my two cents. If you have to go somewhere where you have to have a gun on you to feel safe, you probably shouldn't be there. And that's, that's kind of a general rule of thumb. uh, When you are a guy that, that is in a situation like a John Morant where you you are a very public figure, uh, you are a sitting target and As a guy that lived in Colorado once upon a time, sometimes Colorado isn't always the nicest towards professional athletes. You remember Derrick Williams Mm -hmm. uh, many a year ago, and, and, you know, there are some stories I could tell you off air uh, about some of my teammates that had some issues within the city. And and so uh, it's just never a good idea to uh, carry a gun in that situation when if you had the choice, it's just better to not be there but uh yeah. the the Grizzlies are a team that has underperformed and underachieved all year long and and this is just the latest installment of 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 that that narrative about this franchise and and you know you hope they can get their act together in time for the playoffs, but I don't know man, they seem to be in free for- all right now we'll we'll see
1: yeah and i i look you you and I both spent some time uh in in Denver and mm-hmm. when i heard the story come out and they started to give the details and you know they said he's in de- in the denver area and i'm like okay you know denver's a big city whatever but then they zeroed it in and they said police in glendale colorado i was like damn he was at he was a shotgun willies that's where he and you live there i live there you know what shotgun willies is it's a notorious yeah yeah, right. so I'm like, what are you, what <laughs> it's are you doing? It's <laughs> notorious. What are you doing at four in the morning at Shotgun Willies? I mean, look, you know, you're a professional athlete. You got more money than I'll ever know. You do what you want to do. But I'm just to your point, like trouble finds it, and you know, shotguns, shotguns is notorious. Like, um, yeah. Glendale, Mike,
2: there's Glendale so many... Colorado. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, w- I was just going to say, you know, first of all, why are you at Shotgun Willys at four in the morning and recording yourself at four in the morning? Like, there's so many things wrong with that story. It just – it's one thing after another that just – they all seem to compound as it goes on. It gets worse and worse as you hear more details. It's like, my gosh, four in the morning, like uh, – in the morning i'm dead asleep or i'm about to wake up you know i might have to get up and go to the bathroom you know what i mean like i'm not out and about you know at a at a you know a a place that uh you know has a rep that precedes itself so um (laughs) you know it, it just it just makes you wonder the decision making for John Morant, I think Down. that's something that needs to improve uh, on the court. He's a terrific player. We know he's an all-star and a guy that's the face of the franchise. But the decision making off the court has to improve just a little bit.
1: Percent. And, and I heard uh, there, there's a guy that that's on ESPN all the time, Bobby Marks, he used to be a, a general manager uh, in the National Basketball Association. He said, you know, he's with 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 some of the issues that have popped up recently with John Morant. Like, you know, this is this is Tough love time to tell him. You know, as quick as this came upon you, this can go away. You know, if the league decides to really crack down, and and you know, or you get a you know one of these you know videos in in, in Glendale, Colorado. If it doesn't go your way, it can be gone as quick as you got it. And you know, you hope for this young man's sake he figures it out. Um, but again, you know, uh, just uh, like I said, a, 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 a difficult story. All right, before we move on. You played for the Broncos. How many t- how many times did you go to shotguns? The time you uh, and the whole time you lived in uh, Colorado. Once.
2: That's all I needed. Once. <laughs> Wasn't my like, cup of tea. I was lines. like, damn. <laughs>
1: I was like, you know, you six six dollar beer, and this is back when I was in school. Six dollar beer, really? Okay. All right. <laughs> so it's a little more than six dollars
2: <laughs> now, but I mean, my gosh, like I. I, I didn't I didn't get it I didn't understand it but you know to each his own to each his own is right uh, looking looking around the rest
1: of <laughs> can't believe we worked shotgun willies into the podcast tonight uh, looking <laughs> <laughs> looking around the rest of the and the basket of the association um, uh-huh. you, know, I, you know the west you know the west you know for me it's coming down to Phoenix and Denver right I mean um, you know I think Memphis is, is Don't forget Sacramento. Don't forget Sacramento. I was just going to say Sacramento. I mean, it's a great story. It's such a downtrodden franchise, and you know, similar to what we were talking about with Memphis, but probably even more so. I love to see it, but I don't see them with any 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 postseason long term run in them. I just don't. I think you got to learn it. I got you got to figure that out, and they're they're too early in the cycle for me.
2: I mean, Mike. The thing about it is, they're a top three team in the Western Conference, which is clearly the the tougher conference right now. Um, it, it's the more it's the more it's the more uh, it's the deeper conference, if 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 for lack of better words, than the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference is very top heavy at the top three. But I, I look at Sacramento and what they've done this year, Mike. There's nothing to say that what they do, they're 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 tenacious on defense. Uh, they play with a lot of energy. They, they, they get the ball up and down the court really, really fast, and they, they force you into a lot of turnover. I think Mike Brown uh, has to be runaway coach of the year. I don't think there's any question that he is coach of the year for what he's done in Sacramento. And, you know, it, it takes me back to the 2000, what, 2003 or 2002 Sacramento Kings, you know, where they, they took the Lakers to, to seven. And, uh, you know, they hadn't been relevant since then. And, and, you know, it's been 20 years, two two decades. And for them to be in a situation where now they can make some noise in the Western Conference, if they get the right matchup, Mike, I think they can win at least one playoff series. And I think that in and of itself would be a huge boost and a huge victory for Sacramento uh, in the 2022-2023 season because that would be so far uh, ahead of schedule that you know, yeah. just being in the playoffs is house money, but to win a series with home court advantage, I I can absolutely see them in the first round winning who against whoever it is that they have to go against. It's
1: the Sacramento Kings that took out the Lakers, that was Vladi Divas, right?
2: Yeah, Vladi Divas, Pejja Stoyakovic and Bobby Jackson, Mike Bibby, you know, Doug Christie, wow. all those guys, it's a lot of it's a lot of talent on that team. Rick I'd Adelman, head coach, bought- you know what I
1: mean? Vl- Vladdy choking back the lung darts on the end of the bench, man. Like, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me- the meanwhile, flopper. the Eastern Conference. <laughs> meanwhile, the Eastern Conference, top three of the top three. They shuffled around a little bit. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, they're on a last 20. They're 19-1. The only loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. But I-, I still feel like the Boston Celtics, are the team to beat coming out of the East. I don't know if that's fair or not to the Bucs. Um, and I, I say that even if the Bucks finish first.
2: Mike, to me, the biggest issue in the Eastern Conference for all teams in, that are included in this conversation is health. The healthiest of the three will be the ones that get out of the Eastern Conference. And each of those teams have injury issues as we speak. And I think for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Giannis has had some knickknack injuries where he's missed a, a game or two here and there, but uh, it's all about it's all about Chris Middleton. If, if he's able to come back and and be who he's been when they made that championship run, I think they go right back to the NBA Finals. You look at Boston. Robert Williams is he a guy that's going to be healthy? As he's the rim protector, he's the defensive stalwart for that team. Jason Tatum. And Jalen Brown, will, will they be able to finally get over that hump and both guys play well at the same time? I mean, there will Joe Missoula be outclassed by the, the coaches at the top of the Eastern Conference? There's a lot to be said about that because he's a guy still proving yeah. himself even though he's been given the, the head coaching job and the interim tag has been taken away. There's still a lot of questions Around the top of the Eastern Conference, and, and you know, with James Harden and Joel Embiid, you know, <laughs> will the process ever work out? Will Will you know Doc Rivers ever be that coach that can get that group of guys that he's coaching over the hump? There, there's a lot of moving parts to the Eastern Conference, so I'll be interested to see how this this 2023 NBA playoff plays out because uh, there's definitely a lot of storylines that will keep me intrigued for, you know, all the way till June. I, I can't wait to see this game, this thing get underway. Meanwhile,
1: as we wrap up this segment of uh, training gross, three teams have been eliminated from playoff consideration, the San Antonio Spurs, mm. the Houston Rockets, and the Detroit Pistons. Mm. So the teams that you and I grew up rooting for, It's the first week of March, and they're already eliminated. Bags are packed. Cancun on three. (laughs) The Pistons have not won a game in the Central Division this year. Wow. Wow. Man, that's harsh. I'm telling you. They got some talent on that team, Mike. They
2: got some real talent.
1: I'd like to think the future is bright, but I got to see it first. I'm trying, B Train. I'm really trying. We'll step aside here, you, segment one, in the book. On the other side, we get into some NFL. It's a season. It's always NFL season here on Train and Gross. We'll be right back. Train and Gross. Welcome back in Train and Gross. Episode 99 rolling along and V-Train, the NFL season that never, never stops year-round all the time. Uh, and it's your favorite time of the year. It's called franchise tag season in the National Football League. And obviously, there's one guy that we're going to spend a lot of time on, so we'll get to him last. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get, I just don't get, I don't understand. Help me understand. There was six players tagged in the National Football League this season. Three of them. Three. One, two, three, Running backs. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm you look at the way the game has changed you're looking at how you know back in the 80s like you draft billy sims or 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 billy sims That was probably 70s wasn't it barry sanders you can tell lions fan yeah. a lot of number one picks Smith, whatever right right and that was your that was your running back for a decade and and, and or more if you were lucky now you know you can you can you can bring guys in off the streets that can come in and and plug them in. And three teams are going to commit if they don't take these tags away, if they don't deal with it, either with a contract extension or some kind of trade over $10 million, almost $11 million a year for running backs. I don't, I, I know how you feel about the franchise tag and we can talk about that, but just from a business standpoint, the way the league has changed to commit that much money to a running back. And I know the argument about, well, you know, it's it, it, it it's good for the team because they lock him in, but they don't have to give him long-term money. That seems like an awful lot of money to commit for one year, even for a running back in the 2023 NFL.
2: Mike, I I, I I hear what you're saying, but when I think about the franchise tag for a quarterback, uh, the one that we're going to talk about a little bit later, um, hit their friend the the non-exclusive is three times that at 32 million dollars the exclusive yeah. is at 45 million dollars so even though 10 million dollars seems like a lot of money in today's nfl it's still grossly undervalued in comparison to the quarterback position and i know for uh saquon barkley he's looking to get paid he's a guy that was a former second overall pick in the draft a guy that uh, was hired higher, higher or taken higher than daniel jones was who just got his money, four-year, $160 million, but ultimately really just a two-year, $80 million deal. Uh, I, I don't like the – you know I hate the franchise tag, especially the non-exclusive franchise tag. Uh, it's really a slap in the face. It's really saying we don't think you're worth it, but go ahead and test the market and see what you're worth. And if somebody else is willing to drive up the price, then we still have the right to match it and and uh, we can uh, – go back to kissing and make up but if not if we want to let you walk then you're going to give us two first round picks and I think for Saquon Barkley he's owed better than that he's done more for that franchise than Daniel Jones ever has and although he's been injured a lot of his time with the New York Giants I still feel like what you saw this year and what you saw his rookie year was enough of a sample size to commit long term to a Saquon Barkley and I know Daniel Jones is, you know, he plays the premier position in the NFL and blah, blah, blah. And and a guy that threw 15 touchdowns in 17 games, Mike, just got $40 million a year. You tell me that makes any sense in any sport, I will beg to differ every single time because Saquon Barkley had more to do with the success of the New York football giants than Daniel Jones did. But yet, when you talk about a franchise tag, off the top, he's going to make three times what Saquon Barkley could. That just seems grossly unfair to me, and and I I don't understand it. Meanwhile, in Dallas, uh,
1: Tony Pollard gets the tag, and I think the conventional wisdom there is that essentially ends Zeke Elliott's time as a Dallas Cowboy, doesn't it? I mean, you look at, at... you know what his numbers are, and and where I was going with my whole, you know, why why pay running backs anymore? You know th- this contract that he's under, ten point nine this year, ten next year, fifteen, and then sixteen when it ends in twenty twenty six. There's no way in heck the Cowboys pay him that any of that. I think he's gone uh, before before this uh, uh, free agency season ends.
2: No question, Mike. He is gone, and and I, you can just see the fall off production for Ezekiel Elliott. And and I think they ran him into the ground the first three years. He was a workhorse for the Dallas Cowboys. Unfortunately, they didn't have the playoff success that would have justified the the load that he had to carry. And uh, they, they waited on Dak. They waited on Dak. They waited on Dak to get better. And he finally did. And that's good for them. But, you know, if you're Ezekiel Elliott, you have to feel some kind of way. His best years uh, were really wasted (laughs) with the Cowboys. And, and, I know that uh, he is going to get the shaft. When, as soon as they franchised Tony Pollard, you knew Ezekiel was gone. But uh, yeah. that's just the, the nature of the business. You know, it's it's always younger and cheaper. And uh, Tony Pollard fits that to a T in reference to Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas Cowboys heading into the 2023 season.
1: And, and, you know, you made an excellent point about how they used, overused, whatever the word is, Ezekiel Elliott, his first year in the league, 322 carries, 1,600 1600 yards, and then followed that up two years later with another 300-plus-yard carry, excuse me, season, and went to uh, 1,400 yards. And that's a lot of wear and tear early on in that career. Um, But, you know, I think it it goes to show how, how the mindset of these franchises is changing when it comes to the running back, right? You know, you, you know, to commit that kind of money um, and, and, you know, to know that wear and tear, you know, going back to what you said before we and we've talked about this before I, and I couldn't agree with you more about the decision the giants made. If you look at where the giants came in such a short amount of time here recently, you know, you know, Daniel Jones was the starting quarterback, but um, Saquon Barkley was the guy getting it done, but quarterback the the tackle that protects that quarterback's back and the edge rusher that turns that's the priority of the 2020 nfl right now and that's where the money's being spent
2: i i get it mike i understand the philosophy and the thought process of of how you build a team nowadays but there is always going to be outliers and i think each oh, situation yeah. has to be treated different. And for Saquon, he deserves better because he is more – he has more to do with the success of the Giants than the quarterback ever did. Mike, think about okay. that. In a pass-happy league, Daniel Jones threw 15 touchdowns in 17 games. That's not even a touchdown a game. And he got $40 million a year. He's, you know, he,
1: and you know to make the... for 10. Yeah, 100%. All right, so now the, the, the where we got to land this, because it ties it all together, you know, because you can debate, you know, what's the future of running back at the Dallas Cowboys, whatever. The Baltimore Ravens placed the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson. And, you know, to your point, that is the disrespectful tag of the franchise tags. I, I The Ravens are playing a game of chicken, and I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. And we've talked about this and as the story goes along it doesn't it doesn't there's no clarity coming to me on this story at all.
2: Mike, I think Lamar Jackson is the one entity that really makes the NFL look bad. Think about when he was drafted. This was a guy that was a Heisman Trophy winner and a Heisman finalist the, the very next year they actually tried to get this man to try out at other positions he Mm -hmm. said no he stuck to his guns he's a man of principle and he ultimately became the mvp so 30 all 32 teams passed on lamar jackson at first the baltimore ravens traded back up to go get lamar jackson at 32 So nobody believed in this guy. And the more success that he has, the worse the NFL looks, because you can't have that flagrant of an overlook than Lamar Jackson, a guy that not only proved you wrong, was the MVP of the entire league unanimously. Then, Mike, you think about this aspect of his contract. Not only do the owners not want to set the precedent of what the Cleveland Browns did, and give a fully guaranteed contract. The agents don't want Lamar Jackson to shine in this situation. And here's why. If you're an agent, if Lamar Jackson goes and gets what Deshaun Watson gets plus some, Mm -hmm. what is their point? What is their relevance? You don't need an agent because now this sets a whole new precedent, not only for, quarterbacks but for all players because if he gets the money that he's asking he's basically saying I don't need a go-between to get what I want and what that's going to do is that's going to make a whole lot of players look back and think huh what am I paying my agent five ten percent for if Lamar is getting everything he wants without an agent so there are a lot of Mm -hmm. different entities working against Lamar Jackson right now the owners, the general managers that look foolish because they tried to get him to change positions, the agents themselves that don't want him to succeed because their jobs become irrelevant and and outdated. So unfortunately, Lamar Jackson represents so much that the NFL doesn't want to shine. I, I hope he gets his money even more because of that, but there are a lot of different forces working against him.
1: And I look at this and and I say, you know, there is no wherever he gets the money, there's no way he can play for the Ravens, can
2: he? The way this has gone, he can play for them, but there will never be the It will never feel the same. It will never be the same relationship. No. Not after that. Not after the non-exclusive franchise tag. It, it he has to feel a certain way right now, Mike, and and deservedly so because this is something that should have been done two years ago as soon as he won that MVP he should have been locked up he would have been cheaper he would have been happier and the Baltimore Ravens would be in a much different place had they done the right thing while he was as hot as he possibly could have been
1: yeah yeah this 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 one this one makes no sense this, this one oh it makes perfect sense it
2: makes perfect yeah, sense point... Mike
1: uh, all right I mean, I, you, I know, I, you and I have done had this con- this type of conversation enough. I know where you're coming from. I'm just looking at it. You know, I, I'm looking at it from the fan standpoint. Like if I'm a if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm like, come on, like you're You, know, you, you look you're at pissed. this guy, everything. I'm pissed. That's that's how I'm saying. Like this makes that's why I'm saying it makes no sense as a fan. Like I, you know, you you more so than anybody has helped us sean and i you know when we did the radio show now the podcast the business aspect of it the behind mm-hmm. the scenes stuff that people maybe don't see or maybe they know about but don't appreciate or factor it in so like i said i'm mm-hmm. looking at this as purely from a fan standpoint and you, you look at what what lamar jackson has done for this team and what he's accomplished and you look at it like no no who are the wide receivers playing i mean it's just it's crazy and i just don't understand it and when you know how hard it is to get a franchise quarterback in this league when we talk about daniel jones look at what we're dealing with here in arizona we thought we had a franchise quarterback um you've got that in in, in baltimore you've got it and if you let him go you're not going to get it back right away there's no guarantees that that's the frustrating part for me i get with exactly what you're saying the business all of it it's dirty it's i understand it the agent part you make it perfect sense makes perfect sense and even like you look at it relative to um you know deshaun watson right there in the same division division how close they are you know so all of that makes sense i'm just sitting there you know i'm i'm the baltimore ravens fan sitting on the couch drinking a beer watching my team not understanding how this is unfolding
2: i guess mike a couple of things before we get out of here with this one You look at this and you have to ask yourself if Ozzie Newsome was still in charge, would this be an issue right now? Did you ever hear about the Baltimore Ravens having any kind of issue contractually with their superstars when Ozzie Newsome was the general manager? No. They were known as a first-class organization. They were one of the favorites of all the players around the league. People spoke very highly of the organization and DaCosta has he, – he has lost all of that goodwill, if you will, towards the players, and now you've got different guys chirping in defense of Lamar Jackson. It just seems like things have changed in Baltimore since the great ozzy Newsome has stepped down as the general manager. And, too, Mike, yeah. here's another issue, too, when you, you think about this. If they don't sign Lamar Jackson back and he leaves to go elsewhere, that locker room will never trust that front office again. Yeah. Never.
1: No. That's a great point. I didn't even I didn't even tie it back to Ozzie Newsom, but that you never heard of anything.
2: You know, all they did was win. All they did was win and everybody was happy. You remember we had Anquan Bolden on. He talked so lovingly and glowingly about the Baltimore Ravens and, and Ozzie Newsom, how he's treated, how they how, you know, they let the families come to camp and and how it was such a, a family friendly environment. You don't hear that anymore. And you hear nothing but discord. You hear receivers talking about the front office and why aren't they doing this and and you've got uh, key defensive players coming to the defense of Lamar Jackson talking about he was limping around the the complex all week long and and people were saying he should have played. Well, it it just seems like there's a lot of discord and a lot of miscommunication going on in that organization now. And once upon a time, they were winning Super Bowls and everybody seemed to be very happy in Baltimore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this segment, man. But, uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson, uh, Hey, if I, if I'm not, if I'm an owner of a team, not named the Ravens, I'm snapping him up. Like, I, I mean, I, I want him. I, and to, to the point, like to me, the comparison to Deshaun Watson, if, if money's the issue and look, you pay these guys, man, the, the, the salary cap is what it is. I mean, um, you got to spend the money. So spend it on a guy with a track record, a guy that's shown what he can do. Um, if I'm the Buccaneers, if I'm the Buccaneers, I'm t- I'm, I'll take a run at him, And I, I write the contract in such a way that there's no way the Ravens can match it.
2: Mike, there are so many different entities at work right now. The, the fact that there are so many teams in need of a franchise quarterback, but they all within minutes of the Baltimore Ravens slapping that tag on Lamar Jackson, saying that they were out. If you're Atlanta, how can you be out of the quarterback market? If you're the Raiders, how can you be out of the quarterback market? If you're the Carolina Panthers, how can you be out of the quarterback market when you desperately need one and you're saying that you're out before the man even gets notified that he's being tagged? as non-exclusive, Mike, there's so much going on. People don't want to say the ugly C word uh, associated with the NFL, collusion, but that's exactly what's going on. It's the, the, the fact that you have a non-exclusive franchise tag, that in and of itself, is the biggest form of collusion that there is yeah go ahead see what other people are going to do i promise you they're not going to do what we're going to do and then you're going to have to come back begging to us and we're going to give you less money than we offered the first time i hate it i hate it i hate it i really feel like this is not fair to lamar jackson and if the baltimore ravens don't do right by this young man they will rude today
1: yeah well they're well on the way to having that be the case. All right, we'll step aside here, more of Train and Gross on the other side. Welcome back in Train and Gross. Apparently there's an acceptable amount of time that I'm allowed to enjoy the music. Don't wanna cross that line. This the time of day when uh, we welcome, and I use the term loosely today, we welcome this in Sean as <laughs> he faces nice. through Pump the Brakes. All
0: right, so you, and for those that, uh, maybe I'll put the, the outtakes up so people can see why Gross is a little salty towards me right now. Uh, but this is a segment portion of the show, I should say, where I throw out some statements from the world of sports. You tell me if you're pumping the brakes on it or if you're going to roll with that particular statement. Uh, so we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals, something we didn't touch on yet. Happened today, as a matter of fact, Kelvin Beecham was a guest on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. He was asked, what will it take for the Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray, to be great? He responded with, quote, he needs to grow up a little bit. He went on to say, "Kyler's his own individual. He's his own person. He beats to his own drum, which has made him what he is today. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to lead an entire organization. You've got to lead a team. He needs to grow up a little bit. So pump the brakes or not, you're surprised that we've now seen multiple teammates, former teammates, be so willingly to speak publicly in a not-so-great light about the Cardinals quarterback. Are you surprised by that, pump the brakes or not?
2: Uh, I'm not surprised. I really feel like for these individuals, they're just tired of the nonsense. You're in the game to try to win, and when something takes away from your ability to win... It's going to be frustrating. You only have so many cracks at this as an NFL player. And when a, a guy is not displaying the behavior of a true leader, then you're going to call it out. And, and I think they have every right to do that. Uh, they know better than anybody else. And so uh, when you reach that point where you're just completely fed up, you tend to speak the truth. And, uh, you know, always pay attention to people when they're angry because there's a lot of truth that's coming out of the venom that they're spewing.
1: Hey, yeah, I agree with all that. And the other thing, how much do we love Calvin Beacham? Because this is not the first time that he's spoken out and he just, whatever's on his mind, he lets it go. He's not, he's not me, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not trying to cover it up. Like he'll, you ask him a question, he has an answer and he will just tell you what he's thinking at that given time. And that's unfiltered. Unfiltered. And I love it. And I think, as B Train just said, I agree with it as it relates to this particular topic. But it, wouldn't it be better covering sports if more guys were like Calvin Beach?
0: Totally agree. Uh, second talk, we'll stay with the Arizona Cardinals. You got Jacoby Brissett. You got Teddy Bridgewater. You got Taylor Heineke. But when you're considering skill set of the list of potential backup slash early season starters for the Arizona Cardinals, Marcus Mariota probably makes the most sense over those previously mentioned names, pump the brakes or not.
2: Man, I'm not gonna pump the brakes because that's not a great list. Marcus Mariota, former Heisman Trophy winner at the University of Oregon. Former number two overall draft pick uh, I mean, look, there, there's, there's a premium at quarterback right now because there's just not enough of them to go around. And when you have these type of names up for prime backup spots, it just kind of lets you know where the quarterback position is. There's a lot of guys getting paid a lot of money that aren't very good at their job. And so Marcus Mariota, even though he just got kicked out of Atlanta, Still makes a lot of sense with the Arizona Cardinals because of the way he plays in relation to Kyler Murray. And if you're talking about a stopgap for you know five or six games, hell, why not?
1: Gross? No. Pump the brakes. Hit him. Uh, out of the quarterbacks that you listed, out of that list of quarterbacks that you you had there, the one uh, the one I'm circling is Jacoby Brissett. You know, he, he was with Drew Petzig in Cleveland. They got some things done, and to me, that's where I'm going. Whether or not he wants to come here or not, that's a different story. You know, because I think anybody that comes here knows what the what the situation is, right? You're you're a placeholder until the starting quarterback gets back. But for me, if if, if none of that matters, give me Jacoby Reset over Marcus Mariota every day of the week.
0: Well, you see, in train you nailed it, too, when you said in relation to Kyler Murray. Because most offensive coordinators, most coaches, and gross, this is the reason I brought up Marcus Mariota and this question, they want the number two to be similar in nature of skill set to that number one. Obviously, they're not going to be as overall gifted and talented as the number one quarterback but when say number one goes down I don't have to completely change and alter what I try to do as an offense or things and wrinkles I might want to throw out there just because number two is in the game and when you look at the skill set of the quarterback Marcus Mariota's skill set out of that list in my opinion. No knock to Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Taylor Heineke. The skill set seems to be more similar in nature. It makes the most sense out of that particular list, in my opinion, because I don't have to change an awful lot of what I'm trying to do offensively. He has a skill set that I can still call most of what I want to call, if that
1: makes sense. Right, it does, but I mean, you know, Colt McCoy is nothing like Kyler Murray, and he wasn't terrible the last couple years here. Um, You know, you've got to have a situation where, you know, a guy wants to be here and, you know, I I, I don't know. I mean, to to me, I mean, I get it. I get it. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to back my way out The of struggle is it's, real. I'm, I made it's, my decision. I'm sticking with it. Yeah, and no, you should, and you with should stick I'm with stick. it.
0: Absolutely, you should stick with it. The the uh, It's going to be an intriguing decision, though, because most teams right now, you're looking for a backup quarterback. The Arizona Cardinals are looking for both, right? They're looking for a guy that's eventually going to be cool with being that backup, but you're going to have to rely on him in the early going of this season. I mean, as somebody who's maybe accustomed to that, on that list, Jacoby Brissett, that's exactly his role last year. So, you know, if you're going to go with Jacoby Brissett, I mean, that's a guy that, that literally was in that role last year with Cleveland.
2: So. Jacoby and, and Brissett and has really been in that role for the ago. last, yeah. Right, since, Jacoby, since uh, New ja- England. Yeah, he, he's been in that situation ever since he's been in the league. He's yeah, been the stock quarterback. So, He's very familiar with that role. Uh he's been that role in at least four different teams already. Yeah, he makes sense, but man, at some point he's gotta be like, man, I'm better than some of these buffs.
0: Right. Uh to the Phoenix Suns we go, oh. you talked about Kevin. Oh sorry, Gross, you got a little bit more there?
1: Uh no, I was just gonna say just looking at Geno Smith who finally got paid. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, he finally landed in that spot. I, I don't know what I don't know if it was uh new york giants type deal but you know the, the Seattle seahawks paid gino like and he he's he is the man going forward there and i'm sure Jacoby persett's looking for his right i mean he should
0: that's a good comparison you know gino never really got his footing until he landed in seattle he played really well he deserves the contract he got he played really well this year so awesome. not 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 too surprising but yeah you're, you're probably right guys like Jacoby persett looking at that like all right he landed in the right spot with the right pieces around him and Found a home for himself. That why why can't that be me for sure? Uh, Kevin Durant out for at least the next few weeks. That's the determination after the MRI today with the ankle sprain. Going to reevaluate in three weeks. So having uh, having said that, pump the brakes or not, that news this afternoon changes the way you feel about the Suns' postseason chances. Less time to gel and so forth. Pump the brakes or not, that news changed the way you see the outlook of this season playing out?
2: I'm not pumping the brakes. It did change the way I view the Phoenix Suns, and I know with Kevin Durant, he's got that game. What makes him so great is he can can evolve into any offense out there because, you know, he's a seven-footer that's got handles and can do everything on the basketball court, so his game will travel to any offense, but if he's not available and he's going to have to get his feet wet for a couple of games, you just wonder... Will they have home court advantage? Will they be having to do this on the road uh, when he comes back? And, and you know, the, the win, the, the game time conditioning. Will he be in condition to go to the playoffs? Because the starters play significantly more in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. So yeah. you just wonder, will he have enough in the tank? And will he be able to get his conditioning and cardio up in time for the playoffs? Gross.
1: I'm right there. I mean, there's 16 games left in the regular season. The the Suns play their last regular season game one month from right now. We're recording this on March 9th. They end the regular season April 9th at home against the Clippers, right? And you got you're not going to be in the the playing tournament, whatever. So you got a, a handful of days to sit back and rest and get healthy. But yeah, absolutely, it's got to color your judgment. I mean. The, the three games that he played—I mean, how great was that? I mean, how how exciting was it to see what he could do? We talked about it at the beginning. That game against Dallas—that's exactly what you wanted to see. Uh, and to, to lose that—it, on top of frustrating, it's concerning. Right? You know, because you you need to have everything B-train said, plus that, you know, that 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 ability just to get out there and 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 work with the guys, right? And don't forget, you know, part, part of it is, you know, spreading the wealth, spreading the, 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 the time on the court. And we were talking about keeping Chris Paul fresh, too, right? And, you know, that's, that means he's going to have to play more down the stretch maybe than we wanted him to. So, yeah, it's absolutely concerning. And it does it definitely does change the way you look at the postseason. All right, so we're
0: gonna go rapid fire on the, from from here on out to wrap up pump the brakes. It's a little pop culture food. We, we know we appreciate our food here on this particular podcast. Mm-hmm. Apparently, apparently it was National cereal Day this week. I did not know that, but there was a poll within that story that it's National cereal day that uh, apparently led to another poll and I want to throw these statements out to you. I want you guys to just rapid fire, pump the brakes or not. All right, pump the brakes or not, putting the milk in the bowl first before the cereal.
2: Pump the, right.
0: oh, the brakes. Apparently, 11% of people put milk in the bowl first before the cereal. What the hell's wrong with those people? What the hell's wrong with you, right? So that led to more. All right, um, 50, 57% of people, gross, said that. Yes, you should put pineapple on pizza. Fifty-seven percent. We've covered that significantly here on this show. We don't even need to go into depth on that one. But furthermore, nine percent of people put ketchup on their fries instead of having it on the side to dip it. Are we pumping the brakes on that or not?
2: Pumping the brakes? No, no, no. Don't pump the brakes. I, I, I put, I put ketchup on on the fries. My fries. You don't dip don't them. Put it, you put them on. Put a, I put it on the fries. Yeah, I I like, I like,
1: yeah. I see nothing wrong with that. I'm right there with V train. But but
0: what do you do? Do you put it on, or you dip? Are you a dipper, or you are you putting it on?
1: I I do either. I'm not married to the idea. I don't feel as strongly about that as I do the first two topics. (laughs) All
0: right. Uh, keeping that ketchup in the fridge or in the cupboard. Apparently, 13% of people don't refrigerate their ketchup to put it back in the cupboard pumping the brakes on that?
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you. Once it's open, it goes in the fridge.
0: Doesn't it say on the bottle, once open, once seal is broken? But then when you think about a restaurant, they sit out on the table, though. So apparently it's not too bad. You got to refrigerate.
2: Put the damn ketchup in the fridge like everybody else. (laughs) All right, and uh,
0: last one, last one. 67% of people say they would prefer eating the corn on the car opposed to corn off the car. We're pumping the brakes on preferring corn
2: on the car? No, I mean, you know, to each his own. <laughs> you know.
0: But we are we are pumping the brakes on the milk first. Before said cereal. I'd
2: agree with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, that's 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 big time
0: time for dad jokes if you listen to this program you know how it works b train puts the glasses on like he just did if you're watching this on uh youtube you see that um the uh he's going to deliver his dad joke no matter what he's going to get one of these it's above and beyond or excuse me if it's just quality dad joke you get the laugh, right? if it's above and beyond you get the standing ovation that's what this is called it's called a standing ovation is what that's called uh, and if it uh, There is that That chance that it just Doesn't land right And You get hit with one of those So B train Here we go
2: Alright you guys ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't melons get married?
0: Why don't melons get married?
2: Mm-hmm. They cantaloupe <laughs> There you go
0: that's quality
1: That's solid i like it i like it well done b train i love it all right that's gonna do it (laughs) episode 99 of train and gross we're gonna have to do something we cannot do the next podcast remote we gotta be in person we gotta be in
2: person we gotta be in person
1: yeah it's a black tie affair for the next one we'll figure that out uh Oh. But uh, coming up, episode one hundred of Training Gross. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Training Gross. We'll see you next time.
2: We're we'll holler.